Welcome to Face to Face, the podcast which pairs creative people with the legends who've inspired them. In this episode, musician Tyson McVeigh sits down with her mum, Nana Cherry. During the 2010s, Tyson performed in a musical duo called Pains, but she had to take a break from singing after developing nodules on her vocal cords. In recent years, Tyson has returned to music as a solo artist. She's also the co-founder of Ladies Music Pub, a collective and record label which supports women and non-binary musicians. Nena Cherry is a musician and a fashion icon, one who's appeared on the cover of The Face twice, once in 1989 and again in 1992. She was closely associated with the Buffalo movement, which included fashion visionaries such as Ray Petrie, Mark LeBon and Jamie Morgan. In 1988, she performed her classic single, Buffalo Stance, on top of the pops while she was heavily pregnant with Tyson. In 2022, Cherry released an album called The Versions, which featured covers of her songs by the likes of Green Tea Pang, Robin and Sia. Tyson performed on a new version of Sassy, a 1992 song which Cherry recorded with hip-hop duo Gangstar. During their face-to-face conversation, Tyson and Cherry discussed family unity, nostalgia and the profound impact of Ray Petrie. Hi, Mum. How are you? I'm good. How are you? This is, a, this is like kind of funny. So we're going to try to have a conversation like and not just talking code, right? Do you have any questions for me? I do, but but I was thinking exactly that that there's well, we've got a little list of questions that we could follow. But yeah. I was like, oh, I'd put this in my own words, but will anyone understand what we're talking exactly. about? Exactly. <laughs> and also, I was thinking that I actually had a lot of things while I was thinking in the car that I wanted to ask you, and I feel like it's kind of quite a beautiful thing mm-hmm. to be in a place where we have an opportunity to to talk about things in a different way ask each other questions that are kind of for us but also for whoever it is out there that might be listening (laughs) that's very true it's quite an interesting challenge it is yeah I know that I'm an elder Mm -hmm. but I'm also so inspired by your generation and like what you guys are saying and how you work and like you know I come from a place I know we were were quite rebellious and obviously Mm -hmm. quite determined to do things our way. But I think I've always been very tied into working in a kind of family way. You know, I've been working with your dad pretty much for most of my career and we are collaborators. Mm -hmm. And I know that I work and I do my best writing to a stage by myself, but then the kind of the way that we finish songs together it's very particular and I yeah. find it really hard to go into environments with new people. Like yeah. we're always bringing new energy and quite often young musicians and programmers and beat makers into our thing. Mm. But like I watch you guys and like Mabel also and mm. like your whole generation like going to sessions. Maybe it looks like I'm always working with lots of people but I think I have that as my backbone sort of growing up with you and dad you know everything was always family mm. everyone you worked with how we always sort of traveled as a kind of like circus or tribe yeah or... we become a tribe i think and people like join quickly. you know and i think that's how i work like i'll meet new people but it has to the real feeling has to be there of like that they could be family and i've done a few sessions with people that i don't know and sometimes it doesn't click and then that doesn't go anywhere and that's it's difficult. I've learned because I was like, oh, you know, am I doing something wrong? But then I realized actually that's just how 
it's sort of an extension of you two. That's how I like to, you know, all of the team I have around me, it's almost like we have to also be able to, I don't know, all just like break bread on a Sunday. Yeah. And to <laughs> or have, like talk to each other on a real level. Yeah. And to have chemistry, I think. Mm. And I think maybe it depends on what kind of music you're making or what you're trying to say. But I think ultimately, like we all like things mm. that have content and and, sort and of heart and heart and soul. And mm. I think it's pretty hard to create something if you don't, you know, if there's you no vibe. If there's no vibe, like Can there's I, nothing to eat. <laughs> like, <laughs> hungry. What are we going to build? Can I ask a- you a question? Yeah. So that made me think of your covers album. There's a, a big collection of artists on the album. I feel like it's been quite a long-term project. You spent yeah, a long time putting it a- together and you sort of have a relationship with each person. I don't know. Talk to you. I mean, I feel like the women that are on the record, like I feel like I was c- connected to them mm. before mm. Be- because of listening to them, feeling very moved and touched by like who they are and what they were doing. And in fact, some of the people you've probably introduced me to, you know, because we have such a, you know, you're a, also a big part, all of you guys have kind of giving me life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like... I mean, yeah. Do you know Likewise. what I mean? Another, yeah, wow. Well, <laughs> hey, that's another story. <laughs> so I feel very regenerated and like very moved and touched by the whole journey because I just love the kind of ideas we're talking about as we're talking about kind of life and birth, the kind of mm. rebirth mm. of the music. And I think when you're making something, ultimately, even if you're kind of going deep within yourself to get kind of dialogue and to get some things out. There is always that thread that it's about a kind of a communication and somewhere you're thinking about the resonance of how, where it's going. Mm. And I think that there's always maybe a little grain that you wish maybe that you can hope with some things that it will have a lifeline that will continue. I see what you mean. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So I think like that when you when you first yeah. make it, yeah. So like for me, when I listen to like songs from Rolex Sushi, like watching the other day because I put something online of like me on top of the pops performing Kisses on the Wind, and I'm mm. just like, oh my god, I look like Daisy, who's my brother's niece. Like, <laughs> He's like twelve, tw- <laughs> like dumping up and down, like you know, like <laughs> singing way, really look, fast. By the way, you I'm still like, look twelve. It's so <laughs> and so to me, it's like there is yeah, of course that little golden pebble where you just hope that you know that the music will continue like the music in our collections of vinyl and whatever that we continue to listen to that it will have a place and so that when the I- when we had this idea which I'm not really sure exactly how it was born like I think we were just having like a think tank day me and Cam and Robin my manager and and we were just like okay so there's this reissue of Raw Like Sushi like Maybe it'd be cool, instead of like thinking of those tracks from that record that's already done and exists, maybe it'd be cool that I get other people. So I just feel so excited, actually, Mm. and really inspired. And then I've, for the first time, got to a place listening to these tracks. Because first it was just going to be songs from Raw Like Sushi. And then, of course, that just was like, didn't last for long because... It was also important that each songs. one, I mean, Tyson, you did Sassy, but like that everyone found their song that they felt they could use their voice to say what they wanted to do. 
now again, I've never felt like I really wanted to play a lot of the old songs because I've always mm. wanted to move on. I was going um, to say that you, I think it's so, so interesting because I know you, you have such a like rebellious relationship with nostalgia. <laughs> so I think it's really nice that you found a way to like, okay, we can look back, but it's it's new and it's not it's not all about like going on and on about what happened. 33, 30. 33 years ago, which <laughs> I hate to admit, but yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's how old I am. Yeah, girl. But um, yeah, yeah. So it brings it now to here mm. and now, and also then through that the music and the different people that are involved. You know, um, you, Ezra Collective. You know, Femi, Femi. produced Sassy, Honey Dijon. Um, Say Nabu, Kelsey Lou, Jamila Woods, yeah. um, Anoni. It also it's also bringing up the dialogue of where we are now. Yeah. And like it was so wonderful, you know, that like India Moore was in the Honestly, video I for Buffalo like Stance and a lot of their it. community in New yeah. York and the kind of their tribe was in the video. And I just feel like so it's like there, so we keep talking, you know. Mm. How was it doing sassy? <laughs> when I look back on it, it took me, it didn't take me ages to decide. I knew that that was the song that I probably connected with the most. Also, like any other song I would have wanted to do was already chosen <laughs> because I'm, I was so slow. <laughs> but we, I, we I was like, like, yeah, we have the slowness. Of the ones that are left, that's what I want to do. No, I was, I was kind of like, moving a bit slowly I realized once I got into the studio because I was actually quite nervous and when I got in there I was like not I, I can't you know we had one day in the studio and it was me and Femi and, and um, a couple musicians who played and an engineer and it was like you know just that one day I think Femi was really busy as he always is yeah and it was like okay we've got this one day to you know figure out what we're going to do and record it we could have done more but also just the impact of like it's really important in a really beautiful way. Like, I want to get this right. I want you to love it. I cried so much when I heard um, it. <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I realized, I was like, oh, you know, this is going to be fun as well. But now I look back on it at the time, I was like, wow, this is actually quite a big deal. You know, mm. it's, it's, I don't know, it's such a, a like journey and it's so close to uh, home and like, you know, you're my mother, but also I want it to, be me as well and that's actually quite a you know I realized wow this is this is quite a, a heavy like thing but then it being Femi who produced it he's just he just like like carried me through it and was so supportive and we just did it all in a day and he also he's like and I really like working with people like this like he you know he delivers things he'll he'll tell you in a way that that isn't annoying but he knows what he wants so he's like, no, a bit more of this. And even with the musical stuff, like to little sounds. Because no, that way he's bringing do, 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 out do, do, the, be done. the best of, yeah. of you. Uh, yeah. And that was, it was really a special day. And I think also, I don't know, it, it's kind of some sort of similar mirror to the original. It's like a pair that have made it together. And it has a, even though it's like different, there's something in the quality of like production. Not that they sound the same. Yeah. But just in it's the spirit, yeah. yeah. DJ Premier was like that, working with him and Guru. Like the only other person other than maybe Cameron 
is like working with Kieran Hebden. Like, yeah, they're yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's so they don't they don't need no to fuss. fill up all the spaces with shit. It's just like this is where the vibe is. Yeah. This is it. Like, D- Premier would have his decks down on the floor. I don't know if you remember, <laughs> and his pants would always be, he'd have a little crack ass hanging up the top. <laughs> and he'd be down there, like, scratching, and he'd do 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 whatever he had doing his stuff. Right. And he was just like, that's it. That's, that's the vibe. It. And I just love that you kind but of. That's took- our family thing. Sorry to interrupt. Fa- it is. With Femi, it's like, I don't know, it's just the same. That's what I mean as it's sort of a mirror. It's just an extension of exactly how it felt, you know, with you, with your, like, family in in the 90s or whoever, whoever you choose to work with and have around. For me, it's just an extension of that same feeling. It's like it carries on, and I love that feeling. And I remember when Tricky and Martina did Black Steel, they took that That's Public f- Enemy track, and it's so, I was just it's like... It's fav- one of my favourite cover versions yeah, of all time yeah. ever. Yeah. That, yeah. That was one of the things I sent to Femi. Oh, as did a reference. you? I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was Wicked. one of the things I sent him. If not the only thing, I was like, obviously not sound wise, you know, yeah. it's gonna be different, but this is the kind but of thing. But this I'm is thinking. You, you can you can do this yeah. and then you that poetry becomes yeah. you know, it changes the the perception of the story. So yeah. I love I love that. And I think probably also I had that like Black Steel was a reference in a way when we did it with the Cherry Thing, when we did MF Doom Accordion. Yeah, okay. But we did that in one take. I love that. That is, was that one is take. That one of my favourite songs. And, I, and we just did it. It's funny, isn't it, how like everything is just connected. I mean, we talk about this all the time. The threads. The threads. The overlapping threads. And <laughs> as I've, you know, I'm 58 now, also a Pisces. Woo-hoo. And Tyson is born two days before me. You were actually due on my birthday, and I was like, no, no I'm not going to be celebrating her <laughs> birthday on my birthday. For it's the rest my of day. <laughs> but, um, I always say that. I'm like, yeah, so she squeezed yeah, me out so two days you out. Yeah. Actually, you were ready to, to enter the world. <laughs> it's you the were, only time in my life I've been early, You I think. were early, and you were like right on time. You were just <laughs> ready, ready. And you'd definitely been here before. She was just like so chilled. <laughs> lying there and had really long hair in fact when I was you were being born <laughs> the midwife was like oh she's it's got a lot of hair <laughs> thick head of yeah. black hair it's funny isn't it I don't know I feel like people are always like oh that was you on top of the pops or like how does that feel or like how, you know how does it feel that your mum is in a cherry or for you like I don't know. I don't really know how to answer. Like we've never, yeah. we've never talked about it no. for one, because you just don't. You're just living. Well, I don't know. How is that for you? I mean, I'm just your mum. I know. I? That's what I always say. I'm like, <laughs> she's just, just my mum, isn't I it? Mean, when people go to me, what was it like being pregnant on top of the pops? I was, I was like, I mean, I was kind of tired, but it was yeah, fun. Yeah, <laughs> I was pregnant, and you know, I found some clothes that fit, and it was great. Actually, it was great <clears throat> because there was such a kind of in that part, like I was, I think, quite conscious of, obviously, of that kind of pop thing mm. being like kind of out there a bit alone for the first time as a woman yeah. and being slightly like, I was not wanting to get pigeonholed or that sort of stereotypical joint you know and the yeah. lack of options in there. Like if you took it out to the left stream, yeah, there was a whole different 
world. But just and that was quite that, new. I guess it was your first in that, deal. Yeah. And, so in that universe, I mean, having you in there with me was just like, you couldn't mince it. You know, it was mm. just like, we're do doing something together. different, differently <laughs> together. I do think the the one aspect of it I think about is how beautiful it is, you know, how many women say how much you inspired them. How many black women are like, you know, your mum really like, I don't know, like, you know, what, what it meant for me, particularly, you know, a lot of mothers, young mothers or pregnant women, but women, you know, in general at that time were like, wow, see, you know, it made me feel free and it made me feel safe in, in who I was kind of thing. And I think that's kind of the element of it. But essentially it's like you were just going, you know, you were pregnant and you were going to work, which everybody yeah. has to do. And I think but I do think it's beautiful that it, it did sort of change things culturally a bit and it really and I think inspired we wanted to show them yeah there was that thing of like let's show them and let's if we're going to go into this arena mm. let's go in there with some other stuff and there were so many things of like our culture and the music mm. and the fashion and the sound that came with the elements from hip-hop and punk and reggae and you know the culture the streets in a way mm. of life and womanhood you mm. know that I, I i just like i think that's why if we were going to take it down to a kind of workplace why I, I ended up signing with like a smaller label yeah who was still like hooked up to virgin and ended up being virgin later because all the other record companies were just kind of giving you giving me like three files like you can go down like the janet jackson way or you know you can go down this other and it's like no, that that's not the world that comes with me. That's and not us. who you are. No, and I had no interest, and in, I wanted to celebrate all the things that I am of in a way. Like I think yeah. the actually a way of dealing with the kind of slightly weird thing of like, oh my God, I'm on top of the pops was just to have to honor. To be able to say like we're gonna stand up through this and do it <laughs> like we do it yeah i think also you know i always think a lot about um i guess as a as a i guess uh the age of 15 right you went to sierra leone at the first yeah. time which is is such a significant time of when you're kind of caught between childhood and adulthood and how we are as well physically like from the age of 11 looking like a woman yeah. so you sort of think you're a woman I mean you can talk about it but I, I think about that a lot how that was such a it must have been a really important time for you to go there for the first time and uh, how that must have inspired your womanhood quite a lot I mean I think I actually became a woman and if I didn't become a woman there I definitely felt an incredible like amount I mean I felt so proud mm. of my my womanhood it was a huge thing, you know, because like navigating kind of the Western world mm. uh, and like, okay, I had, I would go to New York. My family went to New York on a regular basis where obviously whatever was happening there in the kind of black culture would mm. just, I would just like literally suck it up through a straw like <laughs> as soon as I got in the door. <laughs> but me up to a drip. Yeah, give me a drip. But like Sweden and Europe and, you know, just that whole thing of always being seen you know and being kind of quite alone yeah you know but also incredibly kind of proud yeah. <laughs> without really sometimes when I was so small I didn't really even know what I was fighting for but <laughs> I just was like I'm not I'm not lying down you know mm -hmm. I'm gonna keep coming back up but coming going to Africa at that time which like gave me 
it was like the missing piece to my inner sanctum. And I feel like, okay, well, I'll keep, you know, you keep regenerating in life, don't you? Mm. And you have times when you feel less whole or more whole. Mm. But in, and as far as my identity goes, and, you know, my father, like Amadou, invested a, you know, a lot. It was a huge thing for him to take us And you were there for a few months. We were there for a few months and, you know, traveled and, but like after that, I knew that I was a mother even before I had I a, a child. That. And I watched women um, navigate their lives with their kids and their friends' kids and their sisters' kids. And the kids circulated between the different women and people in such a beautiful way. And I just like, this is who I am too, mm-hmm. you know. And this that's is a part we, of me that's and that's how up. we grew up. And you know, you've, I was with Makita the other day Mm-hmm. doing an interview which is also really funny and you know <laughs> we were talking week. yeah we were just talking you know that's how you that's guys how we were raised up. you know and i'm so i am so thankful to have you in my life and my children and that we have a family the kind of family that with a bit the family beyond that that you have these wonderful aunties and mm. uncles and people in your life that you can turn to because i know you can't come to me with yeah. everything <laughs> Pretty much that was, one of, that was one of my I questions, kind of, actually. How annoying am I? <laughs> <laughs> Question one. Because <laughs> sometimes I just feel it. I'm like, no, oh do you know God, what I think? So, so annoying. No, but some, I was thinking that on the way here. I was like, Mom, you pocket called me. And then you were like, <laughs> you actually pocket called me yesterday. And then I was like, oh, I'm so annoying as well. <laughs> and I'm always like, oh, God. And then I actually, we're basically the same person. We are carbon copies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was just talking about going to Africa and that being the kind of finishing me, not off, but where to a place where I could really begin to start. And I think the Buffalo Collective um, and the spirit of that and kind of meeting Ray Petrie and Jamie and Mark LeBon and all of the people there was also a huge part of taking me through to the next stage of my of, of my journey and I think Ray you know in a different way you know he taught me how to bring it up a notch like the first time I met Ray he said oh you look like um you're like a female Muhammad Ali I was like I'm not sure I wasn't sure how to take that but then like I think we were doing a video for something and I was just like a kind of in the video we I won't go into what that was um actually it was a Morgan McVeigh video for oh looking good diving it's quite funny Naomi Campbell's in it and but it was the first time I wore an Azadin Aliyah dress and like Ray was kind of like you're you know you're ready for this mm. and it elevated my femininity into a place that I hadn't didn't really know how to deal with and that was quite an amazing experience and Ray was a, a visionary and his influence it's still and i keep using the word resonating i mean what he did and what he saw and how he worked with very sort of it was like very creative but he was also using kind of very classic honorary way of bringing through young men in particular of color and also the way um into a kind of contemporary place and and the way he kind of brought what was happening around on the street in sound systems in clubs 
into a visual place, I think, was very magical. And it was very classic and it was very proud. You know, it was very strong. And I think, you know, a lot of the the people that were in those buffalo photographs had of of that looked the way that they looked had never really been allowed to be strong they could be glossy mm. black men in particular were not really by the media want them to be photographed as strong and also beautiful yeah you know because it was also it was fragility. bold fragility. fragility and of course then you know through becoming a part of Buffalo you know that's also of course been a huge part of you know my own journey with the visual journey and the spirit of like how I carry myself and in fact when Ray was ill he had HIV then AIDS he stayed a lot with us in Mortimer Road when Tyson was on her way and in fact it was Ray who was knew he was dying and I discovered that I was pregnant and I was like oh god I'm pregnant and obviously I was like feeling so many things and he just said to me we're sitting in so square I think you should have the baby I'm dying (laughs) and it's new life and we need new life that was you (laughs) (laughs) that was you yeah that was you and I was just like yeah, of course, you know, it's like, this is who we are and this is how we do things, you know, and it's real. And then I think we got through, like the first single was kind of happening and he was just like, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this, you know, I'm not going to make it. Like, but I, what I think is that you should work with Judy Blame. Aye. <laughs> so that's who he gave the baton to as far as it goes for my bit of the story. <laughs> and how right he was. That's what I'm saying. He was an absolute visionary and one of those guys that could go anywhere. In fact, I had been more like on the hip hop scene and the kind of punk scene in New York. I had never been to a Shabin in New York, only in London. And Ray took me to my first Shabin in Brooklyn. I'd been to like 12 tribes meetings on the beach with Ari and other kind of hung out in Brooklyn on some other kind of dread Rasta environments but he took me to my first Shabin in Brooklyn and you know in those days there were not many white people that could roll into a Shabin in Brooklyn it's not like here where you know there was you might get a vibe like are we talking 80s Um, but there but Ray was you know the Don the Don and I love that it continues and that's how I kind of what I feel this conversation is about. The, it continues and the spirit of Buffalo is, you know, it's still present. I do think that kind of going back to the sort of family and the tribe and, and kind of Buffalo. And I think that for me, having the support of Ladies Music Pub around me was the only way that I was going to go back and do music. Mm. Ladies Music Pub, I started with a very close friend of mine, Hannah T.W., And we were both just so frustrated. Me on the artist side of the music industry and she was on running a label at the time. We would just go to the pub a lot 
and we was just had both broken up with long-term partners um so we sort of met each other through them in south london and then it was this kind of like i reached out to her instinctively i was like hi how are you like do you want to be my friend <laughs> we were sort of friends but and then yeah we just started going to the pub a lot and just kind of trying to put the world to rights and really frustrated and realizing the sort of common ground was just being treated like shit basically because we were women in the industry and it's just grown and grown we used to just invite more people along to the pub and now Nelly and Marina have joined us and there's a lot of sides to it we kind of do um the uh, original sort of pub structure where we just meet up and have meetings and talk you've been to one have you have you been to I've, one I've only been to one yeah but, but, that's... but and it was amazing and I'm, I, we always seem, I always seem to be out of time when it's happening, but I, I'm coming to more. But that's normal. People come. So there's quite often people, you know, someone who came in 2015 and they've stayed in touch and they come back now or, you know, we meet up as often as we can. And that's kind of like, I guess, one-to-one support or we'll talk through issues or we'll, uh, people ask questions. Mm. People in the beginning as well, when it was more sort of in a pub setting, now we'll do them in sort of gallery spaces or spaces that people do- donate us because we have no funding. Just going to put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. We're tired. <laughs> We're tired. And yeah. But quite the sort of one of the main imp- things about it is is seeing each other, meeting each other. So, you know, women and non-binary and trans people in music who are all, I guess, a minor- minority in, in different ways in the music industry space. A huge part of it is just being in one room together and seeing like either like, oh, you're someone I've emailed and never seen your face for years or like this is all the stuff that we're already doing or, you know, stepping in, there's been a few like 17 year olds who want to start writing. And then there's someone there who's like uh, released a lot more music or who does writing workshops or whatever, whatever. And then you all sort of stay in touch. But then we do um, lots of other work. We've done a lot of kind of support for survivors of harassment and abuse sort of within the industry. And then we are a record label now, so we release our music. Also management company. And we do events. (laughs) (laughs) We do events. And uh, what else do we do? So much other stuff. Uh, Workshops, panels, um, curating. Um, that's the four of us. And then we have an online group that's two and a half thousand people now. So that's a kind of space where you can ask, openly ask questions or meet people. Or... We're at a really interesting time now because we basically worked and we worked more and more and more throughout lockdown and would do like, you know, also putting my music music stuff out and putting the label together, but then also doing some pretty hardcore work that I mentioned before mm. and just like, I think all all of us got a bit burnt out and we're kind of at a space where we're like this this work is so vital mm. but we're really tired and we're overworked and we all each of us have several jobs and we need to carry on doing this but we're kind of at a at a, a sort of barrier. What do you think you need to kind of carry on now? Like what's going to what's what's going to help it go to the next other than So we we've, we've got <laughs> So we, we're just kind of trying to structure it so that, you know, so that we're not burnt out so that we can, I guess you can't really help people if you, if you're not energized or whatever. But I think one of the things we could do is sort of reach out to bigger labels to be like, you know, is there some sort of exchange we could do where we sort of work with the label to kind of make sure that it's, it's properly diverse and that all of the staff are kind of treated properly. Yeah. Um, and in exchange for some funding for the work we do, that's one idea that we've had. Right. But we're kind of just trying to figure that all out now. But I think things have have 
come really far since we we started in 2015 and the the things that we're needed for are really different I feel like then it was just about like oh wow you know seeing other people who who aren't kind of cis men who are doing stuff in music and now it's like okay we've grown and grown and grown a lot of labels and organizations and loads of companies within music have changed a lot yeah and they are fairer but it's still they're so it's so I mean it's so, so far to um, go and we so are far. tired like um you know we've just had we say that we've stepped back in the last kind of five months but actually we're just working all the time anyway we're kind of trying to be there as a sort of net so but it's such important work it's yeah. such important work because like I I just feel like if I think about kind of my generation, I mean, like we know how incredible women are, mm. but there was a lot, there was this sort of fighting spirit mm. where you just had to sort of get out there and just, you know. Yeah. And now I think that what's really important about what you're doing is that you're, you've you created a kind of a safe space where it begun with just kind of conversations and people coming mm. in and, and just talking about their experiences or how they felt. And I just feel like, I mean, I felt really shy when mm-hmm. I went. And so I think what's really amazing about this on many levels, but like foremost, I think importantly, it's allowing you to to start the real conversations yeah. to grow and therefore the indivi- also space for the individuals, you know, the women to, to start and be with the feeling. So it, it's making a much emotion, a bigger emotional yeah. range also because I think that we also have to be allowed to you know be with our feelings yeah and, and to and recognize what them. they are and to talk and about them for and someone with to each listen. other yeah and for and, someone to listen yeah. I think also what I was saying <laughs> we've set it up horribly no I just mean that the the actual meetings itself which I think a lot of people find difficult but I think it's good but they're intimate they're intimate but but it's also uh uh so we we sit in a kind of group and everyone introduce themselves introduces themselves and says um who they are but also what they do what they have done what they want to do what they dream of doing and i think it was a friend of ours ruby savage who suggested it after having come to a couple of meetings because she thought it would be a good exercise particularly for non-men in music to have to do like this is who i am and i do this and i do this and i do this and every single person every single time we do it finds it really difficult and 90 percent of the time there's always people are like um you know and i, and I have my own label i have kids i <laughs> dj i put music out i have a side hustle doing this and in my spare time and do this um, that's about it really not that much and then yeah and then there'll be someone in the back being like and you do this and you do this and you do this it's just a good you know it's a good exercise to be like um, because you know men do it all the time or they'll over you know uh, say, you know, overcompensate and yeah, say I no, do this kind. and this and this <laughs> and so I think that that's you know and I find it really difficult I still I mean sometimes me and Hannah have taken beta blockers because <laughs> we get so nervous but I think it's you know that's a huge part of, of and that's why we've set it up like that is is just to and then every time someone speaks, everybody claps. And, you know, all you'll say like, oh, you know, because I was going there for years throughout when I didn't, um, you know, I had all the vo- vocal problems and I had my operation and I couldn't sing and couldn't work on anything else, blah, blah, blah. So everyone's been through the journey. So when I finally was like, and I've put out an EP that everyone's like, Aww. or someone will be like, you know. So you also celebrate each other's achievements. And yeah, that's no, Ladies it's, Music it's, Club. It's divine and it's so important. And I'm so proud of and you. Thank you. Guys. 
Um, and that's funny because that kind of made a full circle because when we were talking about the awards at the beginning of our conversation yeah. the other night, oh, I saw your face when they said your name and you were like, and I could see that you heard it and then it took like what seemed like a <laughs> lifetime for it to go into your brain and then drop that. You were like, But, um, and you said that you just got down there and just said, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But you did say something quite really beautiful and important, I think. You talked about when you lost your voice. Yeah. <clears throat> and you did. You lost your voice for a while. And I know, I mean, I'm your mother. Shit, I was really scared. You know, and well, I, I was wasn't there when you had your operation. I was recording with Kieran and Woodstock. I was going to do it on my own. Do you I, remember? I was and Lane was like, like, I think uh, my old sister, she's like, I think someone should be with you. Oh. It was just like on my own in Sweden. I was like, I'll be fine. <laughs> how, like, that's weird. It's a difficult question to ask. Like, to how Sean, was it? But I mean, what happened, do you think, for I remember you? saying to Sean Savage, who I was in pains with years ago, I was like, oh God, if, if for some reason... You know, because I'm quite a sensitive person, but I'm also very resilient. Mm. And I think singing has been a way that I, I've always stayed calm throughout my life. It just, you know, like people do like chanting meditations. Like I can sing in any situation, even if it's just humming to myself, which I do on the phone to you. You <laughs> find so annoying. I don't yeah. do it to anyone else. It's really rude. I'm sorry. Quite often when I call Tyson up, she, and then you don't do it as much anymore. She would hum. Like she just literally so basically rude. wasn't listening. <laughs> so, so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mom. Um, but I kind of, yeah, anyway, I remember saying to Sean for some reason, um, if if for any reason I in life, I can't remember what we were talking about in the pub, just talking like we mm. used to do all the time. Uh, if for some reason I can't sing, I just don't see the point in living. Mm. I just wouldn't be able to do it. I think that's why I was so scared. I knew that. Um, I mean, you're my kid, kid yeah. mother, baby, but also like it's... Like what, yeah. like what is, you know? And so I think when it happened something clicked in where I didn't, you know, I didn't go into it like that. I just was like, okay, so you've been a bit all over the place. I went through a lot, made some terrible decisions, f was very lost in my mid twenties. It's normal, whatever. But I think losing my voice, I was like, okay, so you, you have something or you had something, but you know, you can fix it, but there's something in your life that you've taken for granted. Like if it was, you know, a beautiful instrument, you wouldn't just like take it around the pub and bash it around without a case. And do you know what I mean? And so I think rather than me being like, oh God, I can't sing. It was just like, okay, I have to do this. Whatever it takes, that's it. That's what that's what you're here for. <laughs> you know, you've got something. You have a gift. And it makes you really happy. And, and sometimes when you sing, it seems like it makes other people happy too. So like, just do that now. And so I think that's, you know, I've dedicated the last six years to that. Hallelujah. And here we Amen. are. Amen. <laughs> One more question. I've got a squeaky shoe. How do you get rid of a squeaky <laughs> shoe? My one shoe. I heard that before. I was like, who's you, squeaking? Is it me you, or you? Can you get rid of one, like a squeaking I shoe? I they're expensive shoes. Should why I take is, them back? Why are they squeaking? Send them back to J.W. Anderson. My shoe squeaks. This podcast was produced with Front Ear Podcasts. It was edited by Nathan Copeland and the music was created by David Cantello. Be sure to visit theface.com for a daily dose of pop culture coverage. Listener.